This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and I am just rolling on Mike before he's even ready. What did you just say? Uh, so I was just going to correct some bing bong stuff, but we'll do that when we get there. <laughs> yes. Yep. We're we're riding on the fly today. Uh, like I said, it is a beautiful day. Mike just confirmed it. He said it's snowing. But other than that, how are things going up there, Mike? Yeah, uh, kind of like I, I was saying, it is a beautiful day. Like it looks beautiful outside, but it feels very, very cold. And I'm pretty excited. This is one of my favorite evenings of the year. So uh, deer hunting starts tomorrow, and I always get a little bit, I don't know, for lack of a better term, giddy about going deer hunting. I uh, enjoy it quite a bit. So I'm excited, but it's going to be very cold tomorrow. Very, very cold, like probably in the high teens when I, when I uh, go to sit to begin with. So but other than that, how are things going for you? Things are good. Good down here. Um yeah, everything's going smooth. It's been pretty cold down here, but cold, like we've discussed in the past, is relative. I think it dropped down to like 36 or something like that. And yeah, I was freezing my butt off today. Um, bundled up, put pants on for the first time this year and wore pants in the public, other than when I was wearing like a suit or something like that. But yeah, it is yeah, getting yeah. cold. I want to get yeah, back so to yeah. So like, and I want to just say quick on the cold part of it. Um, like 18, 20 degrees, isn't like ridiculously cold for Wisconsin, but to sit in the woods all day in that weather is ridiculously cold. Right. So if I'm yeah. just going to my car, like it's fine. Like I won't even generally put a coat on, but if I have to go outside for an hour, 20 degrees is tough. Yeah, no, that is miserable. Um, I was just, that's what I was going to say. I want to get back to is just how miserable deer hunting is and how people still love it so much blows my mind. I think, I think this is, and we didn't even put this in the show, but I think this is our one year anniversary, Mike. Cheers to that. Uh, if it isn't, it is damn go. close because yeah. it was definitely deer hunting season. So I'll look back on it to double check the facts for sure. But it was it was either this week of last year or the next week of last I year. Am, I am pretty sure that we for sure discussed like deer hunting, right? Yeah. yeah. In one of the first episodes. So and how bad it sucks. You sit out there in cold weather waiting for a majestic cute little animal to roll in front of you and then just shoot it right in between the freaking eyeballs and i wish i was that good of a shot but drag it out of the woods put it in the back of your truck make sure it's like hanging out the back a little bit so it's tongues flopping up and down when you're hitting bumps on the road take it to the bar nobody makes sure the tongue is like concealed the, the tongue is always hanging out. Yeah, I I think that's interesting because I, I just don't get why. But I think, do you remember as a kid, like, did you think when people died, their tongue hung out of their, like. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
So uh, my kids read dog man books, and I think that like maybe they don't have that many deaths in the dog man books. I feel like they have at least one or two. And like they always put the X's on the eyes when they draw it, and then like the tongue is always hanging out, even in those books, right? So yeah, yeah. When you played dead as a kid, you just had to like hang your tongue out of your mouth, just to for sure, yeah, because that's obviously how you died. I wonder if that is from cartoons. I was gonna say maybe I got that from Deer, but yeah, it definitely sounds more plausible that I would have seen it in cartoons, and that's that's how. But who? What kind of cartoons are showing dead things that oh often? man, like you go back to like the uh like Bugs Bunny type stuff, the Looney Tunes type of stuff, they were it was so much more violent. Like Tom and Jerry, they were like actively trying to kill each other. Yeah. I think it was even just if you a put, different world. But I think even if you like remade Tom and Jerry, like I, I still don't see anything because it's the Roadrunner and uh I can't even think of what the Roadrunner chases, the peacock or whatever it is. Oh, the Roadrunner runs from the coyote. Oh, okay. So it's a Roadrunner. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. And they don't even have names. They're just the Roadrunner and the coyote. Wiley E. Coyote. Oh, look at Mike. Mike. I don't know cartoon. if there's a Roadrunner that has a name, though. I think the one that's the weirdest is Pepe Le Pew. Like if you watch some of that stuff, that that is like pervy stuff because it's just like the cat that doesn't like him, and he's just trying to get with this cat like all the time, and she's just pushing him away, pushing him away, and he's just persistent. I think, I think what Pepe Le Pew uh, like at the time at least stood for was the stereotypical like our view of what French men are like. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Cause I mean, that's still what I think of French men. <laughs> lose, <laughs> lose wars and smell like shit. Smell like a skunk. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so he's, he is a weird one. Right. So it's like, he's just like molesting this cat all the time. Yeah. All right, well, we can roll into the show, and I think that's a good lead-in to Hot in the Streets. I'm going to do them a little bit out of order, but World Cup is coming up. Speaking of smelly French people, they're going to be playing some smelly Australian people uh, in the first round, but the first game is Group A, Qatar versus Ecuador at 11 a.m., so our old uh, colleague, Mr. R-Dog, is, uh, is putting out a pool. Uh, hopefully, we can get it to you guys in time because, yeah, we got to have this out. So, yeah, if, if you're listening to this, you're, you're probably not going to get it in time. But whatever. I'm excited to do a World Cup pool. Never done one before. But how you feeling about the World Cup, Mike? You getting some World Cup fever? Uh, nope, not getting any fever for it. I guess – once it comes on, I'll be fairly excited about it. I think this is the only type of soccer that I can really like engage with. I feel, I feel like it's the wrong time of the year, though. It, it is definitely to engage. It it definitely is the wrong time of the year for this. Um, the only thing, though, I think is cool too is so USA is in Group 
B, which is also with like Wales, England, and Iran. And I just think those are all like, uh, I don't know how you put it, but like big games for the U.S. Like, you know, we always have beef with Iran. England's yeah, kind of like, yeah, like that's what I'm saying too. It's like, you know, when it comes to international games like this, like why uh, the miracle on ice was such a big deal. It wasn't because we beat, you know, Finland in the championship. I mean, granted, right. Russia was like the dynasty, but I think if there was, I think the political uh, aspects yeah, of that yeah. made it even bigger than it was, but not, not like, not comparing that to Iran, but every team in there, like England, that's going to be a sick game uh, between England and the U.S. So when I, does the U.S. play? Do you have that like chalked up or anything? I got the whole schedule up here. So their first game is going to be Monday, November 21st, and I will translate it to Central Time. So we'll go 1 p.m. Central Time. So for all nine of you guys listening out there, 1 p.m. on Monday, tune into USA versus Wales. But we need to get a World Cup guy on here. Uh, our dog, we've been trying to get him for God knows how long. Since, since, he's, since he's left, we've been trying to come. Because since he's left, all the good soccer stuff's happened. So yeah, that's uh, Tottenham, the team we were going to try to follow that we've just given up on. Uh, we, we acknowledge that we bit off more than we could chew trying to cover English yeah. soccer league, Packers, Badgers, Bucks, 10 golfers, two tennis players, three NASCAR drivers. So we're keeping the NASCAR can, driver, though. I feel like I can barely cover the Packers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike has two full-time jobs, being a prison worker and having 13 kids. Yep. So, but yeah, I, I am excited for the World Cup. I am very excited to see how Brazil is going to do because I know they absolutely rolled – um the qualifiers I, I don't even know if they lost a game in qualifying so i mean that's a good sign because you're banging with argentina and I, I am completely talking on my ass but i know historically and <clears throat> i know like 10 soccer players maybe and messi argentina argentina is good brazil should be better and then also I couldn't tell you who the president of Brazil is, but they had they just had a big uh, election. A new guy took office, and then if they can bring a World Cup back to Brazil when this is going, Brazil goes nuts. I wish I could be see that environment, but I pull. Maybe for, you guys should go down there and like fly into Brazil when it, after they win it. No, I pull for uh, my people in Brazil. So. Then when my brother-in-law was here, he was like, this guy needs to win the election and Brazil needs to win the World Cup. And then, Bra then Brazil has, the country of Brazil has a fighting chance. Like, that's how much it means to them. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, I, 
I, I got a soft spot for them. Uh, yeah, but then, I, yeah, perfect sense. But then you got any more to add on the world cup? Nope. USA. So that, USA. This is again, that's it. That's all I got to say. We're, we're winning it. First one ever. Mike believes that we will win. Mike believes that we will win. Yeah, Mike Pat, not so much. Pat's eating shorts. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm a traitor. I'm a traitor to this country. No, but I am going to cheer hard for USA. Honestly, one of my most fun, like random offshoot days was God. Now I can't even remember the teams that were. I, it was USA and it was another big team. Obviously, we didn't make the last World Cup, so it was the World Cup before that. And me and my buddy, our Bucks correspondent, K Dog or K Nine Kyle, were out watching uh, watching the. I was going to say the Badgers watching USA. They tied somebody that they shouldn't have tied, and we were like way more excited about it than we should have been. Um, but so, still pulling hard for the U.S. I just like that I have. Uh, a horse, like a fast horse in the race, I guess. Oh, yeah. Like <clears throat> having a team that actually has an opportunity to win is always a plus. Yeah. So this is going to be our transition to our next hot in the street. Uh, Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing gets a DUI after the Packer game. Uh I, I was going to say the game. He got one. Yeah. So where's he, my, where's he driving? So my dumb ass, I mean, it is fairly stupid. I, I don't shit on people with like DUIs and stuff too much, but I mean, this just seems like stupider than, than normal. You're the offensive coordinator for an NFL football team. I first when I first read this, I thought he got a DUI in uh, Green Bay, which doesn't make any sense because they hop on the plane and head back to Nashville. But I think if you win a Thursday night game, you know that that's probably like the best opportunity for your team to like go out and have a good time after the game. So I guess it kind of makes sense because. Yeah, you no, got, I get what you're saying. Like, you yeah, have the opportunity because you have more time off, right? Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, you're obviously rich if you're an offensive coordinator in the like. That's that's what I don't get. Like, I try. Like, we're going to the Florida State Florida game next Friday, and I already know. Like, I'm gonna take an Uber down there, take an Uber back, but whatever. I don't, I won't kick a man while he's down too much, but I just thought that was kind of a crazy story that comes and home so after. In in our state, even with like the loose laws that we do have, right? So our DUI law isn't like super loose. It's 0.08, I think, pretty much the same as every other state in the union. I think that's federal, isn't it? Federal pushed it down to 0.08 because we like probably about the time I was like, 17 or 18 they moved it from 0.08 or 0.1 or one yeah 0.1 to 0.08 right they moved it at some point when i was like okay. knew about it uh yeah and i think it was due to like the fed saying like you're gonna lose tax dollars if you don't move it down but in our state the tavern league pays for every taxi you want to 
take home from a bar. Right. So you're drunk. Like all you got to do is say, tell, tell the bartender, I need a taxi and they tavern league pays for it. You don't even have to pay a dime. And so I don't think that I really in to be fair, like Wisconsinites, a lot of us, I shouldn't say us. I don't have one. Um, a lot of people have DUIs. Like it's a bat. It's a bit of a badge of honor for Wisconsinites to have one. Yeah. I don't know if I would quite say it's like a badge of honor, but it's like an embarrassing story. Like I remember our softball team, we were counting up like the DUIs and we definitely had, (laughs) well, you were on that team. So you were, I didn't have one. And I think there was maybe two other guys that didn't have one, but then the collective six that were on the team had enough to cover the, the whole team. Granted, one one guy had too many, but I don't know. Maybe that's uh, yeah. It is fucked up, but, but yeah. But so I just don't understand DUIs, right? So we have a lot of access to like vehicles and things like that, especially in large cities, especially in a place like Nashville. Like you don't need to like if you're drunk, just. Stay the fuck out of your car. Dude, but you got to think about it too. So say that game gets done at 10 o'clock. You get straight to the airport. You get on a plane. You can't tell me they're out of the field and in the plane. Like, I just couldn't imagine them getting in there before midnight. Like It's probably like five or six in the morning. Yeah, it had. Right, so like like that. But then you, you get, get hammered done. on the plane. I'm sure that's like where the majority I think that of the technically, happen. technically, the NFL does not allow that stuff to happen on the plane. Technically, yeah, that's yeah, no right, yeah, not true, right? Because we just saw, um, not uh, Heineke on the plane with a bush light, right? So, yeah, no, there's no, no chance, but whatever. I just thought that was a pretty crazy story that, you know, from the time frame, I, I get if you played like a noon game, but whatever. I think See, I, the other uh, thing is, though, like he's flying into Nashville. You can probably get a taxi or an Uber any hour of the day in Nashville. Like there's probably like maybe like an hour and a half where it might be like slightly challenging, you know, like three o'clock in the morning, but four o'clock in the morning would be fine because people are starting to like move to work and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think Nashville. Yeah. Nashville for sure. It's a party town too. It's a huge party town. And if, and it's partying like every single night of the week, like obviously there's better nights to go down. I think I've only been to Nashville really on weekend nights, but yeah, it was never, dead but whatever we'll get off uh i put todding downing but i'm i'm thinking it's todd downing we'll get off him um and lead into spicy meatballs now that's a spicy meatball mike it looks like we're both going college football this way i'm gonna let you go first all right so my spicy meatball is that Jim Leonard and ah uh, shoot, is it Chris McIntosh? Yes, the AD, or Joe, or Chris or Joe? It's probably Joe McIntosh. Joe McIntosh are pushing off 
um, signing him as the head coach to thin out some of the recruits that they do not like. Um, okay. So basically recruits are stepping away from Wisconsin because they don't know where the direction of the program goes. Um, and if there was any guys that they no longer really are like on board with or aren't going to fit their offensive system or defensive system that they're going to move to and move, you know, go on from, they're going to let some of those guys kind of like take a back seat. And then they're going to have more opportunity to go after guys in the transfer portal and try to scoop up some of these uh, recruits with the open scholarships that are coming about from this. Um, so basically guys are just dropping their commitment to Wisconsin, which means Wisconsin probably doesn't actually have to have that full offer out there and like have that scholarship eaten up at the moment. Yeah. And so I think that, I think that it could be a way to open up a few more scholarships for them to make a different move going forward. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking of it too, is you got my wheels turning last week when you're like, there's probably some sort of protocol that Wisconsin needs to do before they like hire a state employee. I, but I guess that, I think that would be brought to light. So maybe that should put, put that to rest. Yeah. But, yeah. but like when, uh, when's the last time we've seen a Wisconsin coach fired in the middle of a year? I mean, Bo Ryan, I think stepped down in the middle of the year and Greg guard was the interim like until the end of the season. And then he did well enough to get the job. So, yeah. Um, and so that was, that was strategic by uh, Bo Ryan too. Like, so he wanted guard to have that job. And so he knew that stepping down at that time would give him the best opportunity to get that job. Yeah. Where like, I, if he would have stepped down the year before, I want to say Bennett's contract was up at, um, Virginia or like he was moving or something like that. And there was a real possibility they could have gotten, uh, I want to say Dick Bennett. And I know it's, that's his dad, but um, Joe Bennett, it's Tony, Joe, Tony, Joseph Bennett, Tony, Joseph Bennett. It's funny because yeah, I got to hear that story straight from, uh, Bo Ryan's daughter, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, we do actually have a connection to Bo Ryan on this show. Let's get him. I, I've never, I've never tried to tap it. I've never even heard of him doing anything like that. But that, that this is cool. the perfect opportunity. Yeah. No, maybe I'll reach out. Uh, reach out to the piece, the people I know that know some people. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you got, you're on to something though, Mike. Is maybe they're not like overtly coming out and saying like, Hey, you were uh, Chris's guy and we're going to go a different direction and we don't want you, but I'm sure the guys they do want that they had, they're like, Hey, don't worry. Like we want you, you know, college football. So dirty. Like, Oh yeah. You just, you just can't be like honest to a kid. It's like, Hey (laughs) man, you're a good football player. But you're but not you're, gonna. But you don't fit our system anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. And or we think the guy. I, I guess that's kind of a rude thing to say to somebody. Is like, hey, 
the guy evaluating you that wanted you, we don't yeah. trust his opinion. We don't think yep. you're as good as previously thought. But yeah, and then, and from what I've heard, I I guess you and the R dog uh, were mentioning some stuff about it. And I guess I haven't really seen a bunch of people dropping out, but are, are they just dropping like flies or what's going I, on? Uh, I heard like three of the wide receivers or something like that. They have zero wide receiver recruits left in the next class or something like that. Yeah. And like I Which, was saying last episode, that's not the position we need to be looking at right now. Uh, with Right. But so, but these guys are all, they're going to be like incoming freshmen maybe next year or they're incoming freshmen in two years. Right. So maybe they come into school in the like fall of 2024, which, you know, all three of those guys, if they have a really good year, could be gone. I guess there's a true freshman, right? But Bell was a yeah. true freshman. Bell, so I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's a true freshman or a fake freshman, but he's a freshman. Right. But I think that that even if you lose those guys, it's not, it doesn't really hurt you those incoming freshmen that much because what you could do is say, Oh, Ohio state, you guys have 17 wide receivers on your, on your books over there. Maybe we'll just try to get the five that go into the transfer portal from you because they're probably pretty dang good. Yeah, no, that's Ohio state's gotta be turned into the, the wide receiver factory. Um, yeah, I mean, soon. so I I want to say that like Garrett Wilson was at Ohio State and left for Alabama because he couldn't start at Ohio State, right? Like, and you end up being a top twenty pick, and there was a few of those. I want to yeah. say there was another one that like left Ohio State because couldn't get playing time. They yeah. ended up at like a Alabama or a Clemson or something dumb like that, right? Yeah, no, they they have some crazy talent out there. And and I've always been surprised, like, even when they had all the quarterbacks going through at the time, um, I want to say it was, like, going back to, uh, now I want to say Troy Vincent, but it was, uh, he won the freaking, yeah, it definitely wasn't Troy Vincent. Um, He won the Heisman, Mike. Yeah. So yeah. Whatever. I'm. I'm, I'm leaving you hanging. I is it? Is it? That. Is it Dewey Haskins? Is before no. Dewey Haskins, right? It's Dwayne Haskins, but it was. Yeah, but it's Dewey. That oh, Dwayne okay. is Dewey, right? Like that's. You get names wrong so much that I don't know when you're messing with me. Like, <laughs> when you're not. Well, I'm messing, messing with, with that guy's name, right? So Dwayne is. So Dwayne Haskins, but it's before that because then it's the prior. Terrell Pryor. That's who I was trying to think. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I was even thinking further. Pryor's back, a, but, kind of a long time ago. And then yeah, like the, but, the people after Pryor, there was like the first the first guy gets hurt. And we're like, all right, what'll happen now? The second guy gets hurt. And yeah. Is it Cordero? That's what I was talking about. Yeah. And like ha- this guy comes in and we're like, Oh, we're playing the third string quarterback. The, I think the Badgers are playing them in the Big Ten championship game. We're like playing the third string quarterback, gonna get an easy win. 
like they're not going to be able to function. And he came out and like put up like 40 points on. Yeah. I think you and I were the only ones that thought we had a chance in that game anyways. Like I knew we had a chance. And then we <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean if we could have just got one of those guys to to flip to Wisconsin and I think it would be better for their career, but I'm a homer. I am a So homer. I do think Ohio State runs a great system though too. Right? So they they bring in really high quality recruits. And they, they run. They have to run a good system, otherwise those guys wouldn't even be successful there. I don't know, Mike. I mean, like, yes, there's definitely that, but part of that system that makes it really good is yeah, that they get the most talented been. people. But we've talked about it in the past. It's not like Columbus or Columbus, Ohio, is like a destination of of anything. But yeah, it's not Miami, right? But yeah, but I feel like the the sexy spots aren't the spots that like I think that was like a thing in the nineties and two thousands, more so like the two thousands. So like your USC, your Miami. But if you look back at it over time, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but like the powerhouses are just in like the middle. I wouldn't say the middle of nowhere, but they're not in like they're not on a coast. They're not on a beach they're alabama like georgia athens georgia like it's georgia tech is the one in atlanta like yeah you you would think that that i mean so even if we're looking at the big 10 michigan and ohio state are really the class of the big 10 and ann arbor's not in detroit right so i think detroit is closer to michigan state isn't ann arbor on the other side of the state uh yep it is we're gonna go with that yeah, Lansing, uh, yeah, Ann Arbor, Lansing, I, I don't know, Kalamazoo. I'm not, I just, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not going to go. With it. It, Mike, it doesn't you, you were right. You like, were right. Even, even like Lincoln, Nebraska, who, which in the mid-90s was a dominant football powerhouse, right? Producing, I think, three national titles. But that's in ne- Nebraska. Like, nobody wants to be in Nebraska. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. So who knows? Who knows why Why these it, – it's got to be the program. You're right. That's that's who knows. Mike knows. That's who Farton knows. All right, Mike, you ready to get off this one and go to Pat's most genius idea that he's ever came up with this in his whole entire life? I'm going to shoot just a couple holes in it when you go for it. But yeah, go for no, it. No, I already got you covered up. I'm wearing a okay, bullet, I'm wearing a bulletproof vest, Mike, and this is the best idea that's ever been thought of on this show. Other than the awkward haunt house, but I can't seem to find time to pull that off. But <laughs> <laughs> this is close second here. So, the Big 10 this this should be like a off-season topic. But nah, I love it. I actually, yeah. I, like, I actually think that this is not the worst idea that has ever been produced. No, this is no, it's the second best to the awkward haunted house. So, and I don't even care that we're building it up and everybody in their cars leaning in and they're just saying, just say it already. Just they're going to like get in a car accident. Their <laughs> anticipation is so high. Yeah. So the big 10, we're adding two two new teams. So, UCLA, USC. And as we've seen this year, 
the Big Ten West and the Big Ten East is it's just two different leagues of competition where the East is leaps and bounds above the West. So we were talking in a group chat that I had and I brought up the thing that, so the leaders and legends thing, I think people shit on it because uh, just the names, the names alone, uh, the leaders and legends part of it. But if you yeah, look at the leaders, it's conceded, and, right? Yeah. If you look at the leaders and legends, uh, like who was in what, I probably should have had that pulled up. But it, it was it was more even competition across the board. Um, but anyways, adding UCLA, USC. So what I want the conferences to be is the animals versus the non-animals. And it lines up a perfect, a perfect eight in eight animals versus non-animals. So we'll do it real quick. So I'm going to have some other stuff to interject. So we'll go animals first. So we have the UCLA Bruins. Is a Bruin a type of bear or are they just the Bruin bears? I think a Bruin must be a type of bear. Okay. I was confused by that when I did that. But then next we have the Michigan Wolverines, Penn State, Nitty Lions, Maryland Terrapins. So Terrapins, a turtle, apparently. The Iowa Hawkeyes, Northwestern Wildcats, Minnesota Golden Gophers, Wisconsin Badgers. So that's the animals, those eight. Are we certain a Hawkeye is an animal? It's it's part of an animal. So it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'll I'll give you that. If you have an animal on your helmet, you're you're an animal. You're part of the animal. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you sell uh, if you sell merchandise that has an animal on it. So then on the non-animal sides, we will have the USC Trojans, Ohio State Buckeyes, Nebraska Cornhuskers, Michigan State Spartans, Rutgers Scarlet Knights, Indiana Hoosiers, Purdue Boilermakers. And the Illinois Fighting Illini. And I'm going to make a graphic for this one just because I want to claim that I was first to this. I should probably look it up and see if someone already did this. And we don't give a fuck. You got to beat me to the punch. Yeah, we'll say uh, that I I won to the punch. But I'm going to give Mike a chance here to poke some holes in it. So what what are your holes? Because it's perfect. uh, So the big problem is, is that the Trojans and the Bruins won't play each other every year. That's a rivalry game that almost needs to happen. Um, The Michigan Wolverines and the Ohio State Buckeyes definitely needs to happen every year and will not unless you set it up that that is your – like non-conference type game to some extent, right? So I get that they're all in the same conference, but um, that you always have that game. I guess you could do it something like that. And Mike, then, you just fell into my trap, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> or, or like, <laughs> that's what you were going to say is that you you set these the rivalry games up exactly as like 
as a every year thing. I love that. I actually do. I do think that that my other point to this is that the animals are way better than the non-animals currently. Right? So the right now the Bruins are good, the Wolverines are good, the Nittany Lions are good, the Iowa Hawkeys Hawkeyes are traditionally good, and the Wisconsin Badgers are traditionally good. There's five teams that can compete for a to win that to win that side of it. And there are only really two, maybe three that can compete to win the non-animals. So USC, Ohio State, and maybe, maybe Michigan State can compete to win that side of the thing. Everybody else has no fucking chance. That's three to five, Mike. So it's, that's a big fucking difference. So dude, like, look at the West and the East right now. You got the bat in the West. You had the Badgers in Iowa. Like no, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't think that we're good right now. I, but I don't think that this would create the best competition either. Okay, Michigan State is like it'd be tough for Michigan State to compete with. Oh, I mean Ohio State. I don't know that like USC can con- can continuously compete with Ohio State. No one has been though in the Big Ten for, I mean Michigan does. Yeah, never mind. I take that Michigan one. Just Michigan. Michigan's the only one that, for the last thirty years, has competed yeah. with Ohio State. Yeah, and but they had ten years where they did not. Maybe longer. Yeah. So, but back to your first point with the uh, the rivalries. Yeah, that is that is the hole that I will poke in my own thing. But when they set up the leaders and legends, if you remember, I'm going to just roll through it real quick. So the legends were Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, where the leaders were Illinois, Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. So Wisconsin would play Minnesota every year still because it was their rivalry was on the other side. Ohio State would play Michigan every year. But that, that's the pairing. So is basically from this point forward, and with this like shifting every year, uh, new teams joining new conferences, it's just hard to lock in. Because I was going to say, you, you're going to need to make some new rivalries out of it. Because I do think you need to have one team from the animals and one team from the non-animals that play each other every year so your schedule is going to be honestly even i i don't know how many conference games i should probably know that how many conference games you usually play on average because i don't even think you basically are going to be able to play your whole the animals aren't even going to be able to play all the animals every year yeah you could play seven seven games pretty easily inside the conference and then have one outside rivalry um, I don't think the Badgers would have one currently. Yeah, I think in your the, animals versus non-animals, like there's not a rivalry game in there. I think our rivalry <laughs> games are the Hawkeyes and the Gophers, right? Yeah, so we we would be doing some animal on animal crime, but I think there is a way to pair it where I would kind of say Wisconsin. So maybe we're going to take too long on this, but so UCLA. And the Trojans are going to play each other every year. Their their rivals are matched up. 
Michigan Wolverines, Ohio State Buckeyes, they're going to play each other every year. They're already lined up. I would say I would go with Wisconsin versus Nebraska as a rivalry game. Just we'll give it like some proximity thing. Um, Illinois versus Northwestern, that will take care of them, the battle for Illinois. Um, Then we can have – so Purdue and Indiana are on the same side. The Gophers are going to have to go with the Indiana one, I would say. The Terrapins and Rutgers, since they came in at the same time, make them rivals with well, each other. Well, and they're both the furthest east, right? Yeah. So maybe, yeah, they're way further east than Penn State. So so you, you can figure it out and just make a new rivalry out of this. But I think I solved Dude. it. I think I solved the conference. So, yeah, I actually don't hate it. Like I said, I think that it's a a pretty cool idea. Um, I suppose when you get Notre Dame, Notre Dame falls into the non-animals, and then we could recruit somebody like, I don't know, Cincinnati or Iowa State. Ooh, Iowa State's a non-animal, too, with it being in a cyclone. Yeah, you can't have Iowa State in this shit. So, yeah. yeah so we- I, I do think that – I do think that the next team that you chase after is Notre Dame. You're always chasing Notre Dame when you're the Big Ten because they, you know, they're located in the Midwest and then they're one of the powers of the of college football. But you got to find an animal team. Cincinnati Bearcats, maybe. I like that one a lot. I think that that and I think they're a good. team on the come up, right? So I th- I think that they're a team that is going to be okay because they have a really really good head coach and if he leaves that could be bad but no as of right now but they're also i would call cincinnati kind of a basketball school i mean i know they've been a football school but even if cincinnati's uh football team goes to average again or below average i mean this indiana it's Purdue. It's Illinois. Yeah. There's got to like, so I know traditionally when it was like a true big 10 or big 11, right. When um, Penn state got involved that they had like real academic standards. And I know like UCLA and USC fall into that same thing, but I don't know if like Maryland did. I have no clue. So their academic standards were supposed to be that they were a top 100 university in the country for the like for the academic side of things on top of whatever else they did, right? And so I would imagine UCLA and USC are both both fall into that probably pretty easily. Um, and I thought when they moved to 14 teams and they added Maryland and Rutgers that one of those teams was not even close. Like one, like 30 or something like that, which I guess probably isn't that bad, right? Like 130. No, I feel like Rutgers is one of those schools that's just like a huge campus too. I I could be completely wrong about that, but like Rutgers enrolled. Like everybody goes to Rutgers. So Penn State's a little bit like that because Penn State has – like feeder colleges that like you start in like 
it would be like UWL feeds into UW Madison. Like you go to UWL for like a year or two years, and then you go to Madison, which always seemed very odd to me. I don't know. I think like down here, lots of schools feed into Florida State. Like if you go to any technical college, it's like there's a road to Florida State. Like it's just like the programs like called like a road to Florida State is or Florida or FAMU or whatever. So which I don't feel like that's the case in Wisconsin state schools. How do you, how do you feel about that? Like, so I didn't engage with tech schools at all though. So. Uh, yeah, no, I think everyone all just had their uh, aspirations to uh, go to Madison, <clears throat> but I think yeah. you kind of had like uh, to have your nose to the grind to get into that because I knew some smart people that didn't get into Madison and either ended up going to like UWL or Minnesota. No guy that went to UWL for a year just to transfer to uh, Madison at the time. But most of the people I knew that got turned down from UW that went to Minnesota ended up staying at Minnesota throughout the course of their college experience. But yeah. So no. So the answer to that question is I I don't think Wisconsin does that as much as what I see down here for Florida state. And yeah. And I just did like a training out at Penn state and they were talking about how like it was all like feeder schools into the main campus. And I was like, that seems really weird to me, but you know, whatever. Penn State seems like an ironic place for uh, your your facility to go get training at. Uh, so what did what did we do there? We did um, not my facility. It's, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so this this was uh, through the through the military. Your uh, your deal here, Pat. So. Um, now it's for uh, wounded warriors, and so it was oh. when when Joe Pa was still there and stuff like that too, where they like essentially made him into like a hero, you know. Which I understand, like before all that shit came out, I get why you thought he was a hero, I guess. But um, yeah, it was before all everything kind of <laughs> fell out there. But it was a wounded warriors <laughs> program, like. Uh, how to engage them in uh, recreation. So it was a pretty cool training, actually. Yeah, no, I remember you going to some cool ones like that. But yeah, I definitely thought you were talking about your uh, facility <laughs> that you work at now. Yeah, they're like, like this is how you don't do shit. This is why <laughs> these fucking people happen. <laughs> yeah, but I guess we'll, we won't elaborate on that too much. So if you know, if you know, if you don't know, you don't know. But that was pretty funny. Um, so we've been like kids uh, that have homework, that are doing everything but getting to their homework. So I think we're going to have to do it. I think we're going to have to move up. Unless you got anything about the conferences left. No, you know? I just want to say that I, I actually do think it's relatively brilliant 
I don't know if the animals versus non-animals is the um names. That should it's gotta the be the names. It should be it's just animals, <laughs> the animals versus the humans. <laughs> They're not all humans, I guess. No, that's what I was gonna say. Cause I guess if I could throw in there, it it could have been like the animals versus the warriors, but the buckeyes have like a stupid ass name. The corn huskers have a dumb ass name. So the corn huskers are people though. Right. So that's someone who husks corn. Okay. So that's a human, right? Okay. We could have done animals versus humans, but the buckeyes ruin that. Yeah. I don't know what a Hoosier is. I think a Hoosier is just like an, a person from Indiana. It's like a Sooner. All right. So, yeah, Ohio State is the only one that ruins that one. But let's yeah, Ohio on. State ruins everything. They, they're they fucking terrible. Hey, yeah, let's, let's just kick them out. Kick them out. Right. We don't need them. All right. <clears throat> so the homework is due. We finally have to talk about it. We are going to do running with the pack. And I don't know, Mike, do you want me to take the lead or do you got? Uh, uh, no, uh, I will take the lead. Um, so the Packers. I wouldn't read my they, notes just to let you know. <laughs> uh, so I thought the Packers played okay in this game. Right. So this is a game that I expect. I expect them to kind of lose. Um, the Titans are a team that I thought would come in and dominate on the ground. And they didn't, right? So the Packers came in um, first two quarters for sure. Their gang tackling was what I would consider elite. I think that they held Derrick Henry in check to a very large extent. And they did okay. Um I don't have the breakdown on like where the scoring plays happened and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, they, I don't think we have to worry the, about that. I mean, it was they, 27 to 17. They yeah. scored on the first drive, which I thought like was pretty ominous of what was kind of going to happen. Um I think it was Hilliard catches a touchdown pass from about 10 yards out. Nailed it, Mike. Really the the Titans came in and they did what the Packers let them do. And the Packers said, if someone's going to beat us, it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill fucked him up. Had yeah, boatloads of yards, threw the ball everywhere. Um, the Packers could not stop a third, third down. There was like no chance they were going to stop a third down. Could have been third and inches, or it could have been third and 11 or 12. And they got it felt like every single time. Um, I see a lot of people like very, very disappointed in the way Joe Barry is calling a game. And I'm not real happy with the way Joe Barry is calling a game, but I don't know that the defense completely shit to bed in this game either. I thought there were like at least one touchdown call that I thought should have been an interception call. See, I don't um, think that I, I can't even get behind that one. I wanted okay. I wanted it to be more, more uh I guess subjective, but it was pretty Hooper had it and then it got ripped 
away on the ground. But so that's the problem is that if that happens at the five yard line, that's an interception. And then because it happened in the end zone, it's not an interception. No, a hundred percent, hundred percent because not like not, three minutes. Not later at all, game, Mike, not at all. I love that you, you're <laughs> screaming at me. That's good. Uh, not three minutes later, the same thing happened to Randall Cobb as he's going out of bounds where like he steps out of bounds and the ball pops out of his hands and they call it an incomplete pass. Like on the next drive, the Packers have that same thing happens and they call it an incomplete pass and it's done and over with and they move on. And like, I thought it was an incomplete pass. Now here's the part of the game that I thought was really goofy about that play in specific. They're showing, um, uh, Joe Vrabel, I can't think of his first name at the, at the moment. Joe. Mike. Uh, He's got <laughs> your name. It's like this, <laughs> the easiest name for you to remember. And yeah. you can't um, <laughs> Anyway, they're, show, they're, they're showing Vrabel, and he's going to drop the red flag on it. And I'm thinking Lafleur should be throwing the flag on this like because it was called incomplete, and I thought it was an interception where Vrabel thinks it's a touchdown. And I'm not going to, like, pretend that it isn't, like, questionable, right? I'm not going to pretend that, that, like, I'm 100% right here. But I yeah, I, I see a lot I, of plays. Like on my on my side of it, I would say it was 100% a touchdown. If that happens in the middle of the field, that is not a catch. It's never a catch. I think you got to go back and watch it because it would have been a catch. He would have been down and he would have got the ball ripped away from him. Not in the middle of the field because, like, they say that you have to control it through the entire tackle or whatever. And so because it's in the end zone, it's a different thing. And I understand that it should be because as soon as he's down, it should be over. Right? I can understand. Yeah. As soon as he possesses the ball in the end zone. It should be over. But then there's rules like you got to possess it through. Like if he if he catches the ball and then falls over and drops the ball, then it's then it's not. So I guess that that's exactly what he did. He caught the ball, fell over and dropped it. And then uh, I don't know who who was the ball Yeah, Rudy Ford gets it in his hands. And I, I don't understand like the difference between in play versus like in the field of play versus in the end zone on that, on that ball. Right. Okay. Because in the field of play, I think that's a, a interception and in the end zone, it's not. I think I should just be in charge of, I think there's, there's two jobs I would be very good at <laughs> telling what's a touchdown and what's a not a touchdown. On is it, is it like, do you have to explain why it's a touchdown or do you just get to say, that's a fucking touchdown. It's not a touchdown. That's yeah. That's what I get to do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then so, I, I'm re- I, I'm really good at hits and errors in baseball as well. It's like that's an error. That's a hit. I'm good. Oh at man. That. So the, my senior year, uh, I hurt my knee, right? And so I was doing all the book. I would fuck with my buddies so bad, give them <laughs> errors. I'm like diving plays. I'd be like, nope, giving you an error. Or, like, I wouldn't give him a hit because the guy, like, I'd be like, no, not a chance. I'm going to give him an error. 
I'm going to give you a fever and an error and you're not. You're an well, like I was dicking with like my buddies. Like that was the, that was the whole point. But, uh, asshole. Uh, I do think that, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that disappoints me. Right. So I'm disappointed in myself by doing this at all. But one, I think that the, the refs got that call wrong. The one in the end zone. I think that the Alan Lazard in the back of the end zone was an obvious pass interference that they ignored. And I think Christian Watson on the deep play was an obvious pass interference that they ignored. And the, like, I don't remember exactly how many yards Henry got on that screen pass. Oh, not, that was not screen so pass, bad. But That's Quay so Walker bad. got yeah. held so bad. And I hate that I'm the guy that is like, the rush were fucking terrible. Fucking, you guys are the worst. I hate that. I hate that that's where I'm going with my brain. But I think those three calls, and if you go with the touchdown play as well, those four calls, like, really change what that game is. There was two huge holding calls. I was surprised, or two huge non-holding calls. And then the pass interference, like you think we would like make one up right there. <clears throat> and I want to say like it would be an egregious amount of penalty yards that we were down. But uh, Green Bay has five penalties for 40 yards. And it felt like Tennessee should have had at least, so they had two for 20 yards, but it, they should have had at least six for like, Damn well, near so 100 yards of the Watson one, one, one would have been like 30. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's tackling him as he's trying to turn into the ball. And I didn't get and, it. And I know they don't do like the face guarding shit anymore because they shouldn't. Like that was the stupid rule yep. when it, yep. when it was a rule. Correct. But <clears throat> yeah, he's just like holding on to Watson, like grabbing him, not looking for the ball at all. Like the contact isn't because he's like, I think if you're a defensive player and your eyes are on the ball and you're like making an attempt to catch the ball, like if you run a guy over while doing that and you like get your hands on the ball in some aspect, kind of even if the offender trips you up and it doesn't have good eyes on the ball, right? That should be offensive pass interference, not defense. Now, I'm a defensive apologist through and through. So I will say that as well. I think yeah. that's been well iterated on this show. No, but I definitely feel you on that one, Mike. I hate being the person that's like, yeah, <clears throat> feeling like the refs are what's deciding the game. But man, it just, Packers football right now just feels like there's something against us and i do like i know there's people out there that are like oh i like packers get all the calls we used to have a reputation for getting all the calls and i think that was a little bit of like aaron Rodgers being very crafty and then just kind of getting a reputation of yeah he's he's catching these guys offsides all the time um, yeah, and you got to call it. You got to call it. 
Because I bet you there's someone that goes to the refs before the game and is like, hey, watch this. Like, these guys don't get off the field fast enough. Like, we're going to get all the calls. And yeah, yeah I, and I get I get how we got that reputation. And I, I felt the same way. I was like, we, we get bailed out a lot with penalties, but I think there was a skill to it. But now it just feels like everything goes against it. Like, if we get a good kick return, it's definitely coming back as a whole. <laughs> if, like, anything we do isn't easy. Like, if we get a good kick return, we're either going to fumble it or we're going to get called back. If we get a good punt return, it's definitely going back. Um, if it's third down and whatever <clears> – <throat> There's going to be some illegal hands to fit, whatever. I, but yeah, I was, I was in my head saying, I feel like these refs have money on this damn game. Like we couldn't get, we couldn't get a break. Like we said, two huge holding calls and then two big pass interference. The Quay Walker one stands out in my head on the Henry screen, but I know there was one where the, it wasn't as big of a play for the Titans but the holding was way worse. It was on the edge. And I can't think of what exactly happened on that play, but I think it was either like a, a first down or like set them up for a short. Yeah. So, and I remember at least saying a couple times that like, what the, you know, how is it like the holding not getting called there? Right. And I do think that the refs let them play a little bit and I should be happy about that because that's the way I'd prefer to watch a game. I don't want to watch a game that the refs are involving themselves a boatload. And maybe I ignored what the Packers were doing illegally too, right? So there was holding for the Packers. There was a bunch of shit that, that's going on that we're not doing that is, is legal, right? So holding, pass interferences, things like that. I don't know. Like, I feel like currently the way the Packers are playing is that every time they get into a spot where things could switch it around, they fuck it up. Their discipline isn't good, right? Or whatever. And we either get a penalty or we don't get a penalty called when we need one, right? So we, I feel like the Lazard touchdown, you put us on the one, we end up with a touchdown. Oh yeah. Right. Right. And like he gets his, he basically gets his right hand on that ball and he can't put his left hand up. Right. So the guy has his left hand pinned or held down. And that's real. That's like, that's the whole intention of the rule is like, if you're not even going to let the wide receiver put his hands up, that's a huge problem. All right. So, Moving on from the stupid fucking reps, because reps make the game difficult to watch, right? And then, like, I start hating them, but I don't want to be the guy that bashes the refs, because I understand that that job is just insanely difficult, right? You're never going to be the guy that they're like, good job, you did the right thing, unless you fucked another team over, right? If they fuck over somebody else, the Packer fans are happy, you know, and as 49er fans, if they fuck over Packers, like they're like, good job refs. And then yep. next week you hate them. 
So I don't want to like be the guy that bashes on the refs too much. All right. Get off them already then. Quit talking about them. I want to, I want to move to some positive (laughs) things, right? So I think anytime we're within 15 yards of the end zone, you could throw the ball up to Christian Watson and you have a good chance of getting a touchdown. So I think on like the slants when he's wide open and he's thinking about running, he's got terrible hands, right? So the easy catches, the like, it's not going to be a problem. All he's got to do is like tuck it away and start running. He's probably going to miss like 50% of those currently. He just doesn't understand how to catch a football when there's no like contest on it. I think if it's easy, especially when he's full speed running wide open, I think when he has to think about how he's going to catch it a little bit more than, yeah, and I or that's me, defender instead of thinking about like, oh, what if I fuck this up? I'm wide open. Like, and I think that's a lot of like people that are like, above average like and god like that's like at catching a football right i yeah. think that if you're mike, above average mike you could have made it for the badgers we, we yeah for, no no not, not even fucking close right <laughs> um but like i don't have a, a ton of problem like if i if i'm don't have to think about like the play right so if i'm just like playing catch in the backyard i can catch most passes and then on top of that, if um, I can catch a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have any business catching, right? But, like, if I'm running wide open and, like, you're just putting it in my hands, like, I almost think about it too much, right? I have to, like, secure the ball and then fucking run. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to secure the ball, and I just don't, right? And so I think that happens to a lot of people that are, like if you're a pretty good athlete, you either just catch it or like you overthink it. And if you start thinking about catching the ball, like it's way harder to catch. I think Christian Watson's in that camp, right? That you oh, put yeah, him in a contested in a contested ball situation. I think he's an elite level wide receiver in contested balls. And I think when you put him in like a quick slant where he all he's got to do is like catch and like he can run for 40 yards. He's probably going to drop the majority of those, or he's got to catch and just fall over. Like he just cannot function with it. Now the positive, all of our receivers right now though, like Lazard's. Yeah. And, and Lazard almost looked like he didn't want to be there in about the middle of the fourth quarter. Maybe yeah. early in the fourth quarter. Like he had like a weird drop and a weird like didn't try hard. And I think if that's your number one wide receiver that's giving up on plays, like how do you expect Dobbs and Watson and Tory? Toure. Toure. God damn. I was trying to get it right. Now I can't like I can't remember that. Toure. Two rays. All right. Um, Like, how do you expect them to, like, go through the entire play and be concentrated on a play when your wide receiver one doesn't do shit like that? And I think Lazard has to be our wide receiver one. 
He is right now. He's definitely our right, and he's the leader in the in the room, right? I Maybe. think Cobb takes the leader in the room, though, for sure, just because the respect that Rogers gives Cobb. Okay, and then yeah. when Cobb needs to show up, he shows up. Like he, so, and I heard a guy say, "Well, you can't keep him next year," and I thought. I don't know if that's accurate, right? So I would keep him. He's productive when he plays, when he's on the field. It's not like he's a guy that never gets any yards. He probably has 40 yards a game for us. And he's not dropping passes. He's not, I don't, like I would keep him around. Um, I think Quay Walker looks like an elite level linebacker. He looks super good. good. And I think he needs to blitz slightly more. I think the team in general, the team's defense. The team in general needs to blitz about 50% more plays. Yeah. Right? Like, on third down, just, this is, I'm going to, Joe Barry, I'm telling you right now, this is the game plan to succeeding on third down. This is pretty fucking simple. We're going to, Man cover, uh, bump and run coverage, and we're going to blitz at least two guys. We're going to blitz two guys. We're going to bump and run cover with Alexander and Douglas. And we're going to solve our fucking problems here. When it's third and 10, the quarterback should not have six seconds to throw the fucking ball. You got to figure that shit out. Like your first and second down defense, Joe Barry, is fucking awesome. I really think it's great. Your third down defense is fucking atrocious. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's it's bad. And I know you were hammering some good points. I, I don't know if, if you're done hammering the good points. but No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to come in on the opposition. I'm going to take the easy route, uh, the easiest thing to see or to see so far. So, yeah, sure, they held Henry to 87 yards rushing, but it did seem like he – honestly, Titans are one of the easiest teams to – I don't know if it is to game plan for because there's one thing with saying like, oh, Henry's going to get the ball, we got to stop him, and then actually stopping him. And like you said, we held him to 87 yards – but Joe Barry's defense is just so predictable all the time. Like, I don't get the zone coverage every single play because I kind of thought, like, zone coverage when I was growing up was to kind of, like, throw a mix of something in there. I think the only, like, only type of coverage you can run consistently and you could do it, like, every time is man coverage if you have the guys to to play man coverage. If you have Al Harris, if you have Mike McKenzie that are down to like lock people up, box with them, do shit like that. But he's just so bad. Like fans in things like that, and I know it's easier said from like your Monday morning quarterback perspective, like, hey, we're playing zone, like, every time. Like, they're going to pick up on that. And to your point, like, every third down, he's getting burned. 
And anytime there's like a play action, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like you and I know what the Titans are going to bring to the table. They're going to run the shit out of Henry and then they're going to try to beat you on play action. We know that's coming. We didn't yeah. do anything productive to like stop that. Like they still took, they had a drive that was like 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's a college football drive. That is not something that happens in the pros. Yeah. It's, it's just dog shit. And something needs to change. I know it's easier said than done, but Joe Barry's not getting the job done. No one for the Packers is getting the job done. Gunkus or whatever the, the hell, how you say it, Gunkus, uh, he didn't get us the talent that we needed on offense. Defense, it seems like we have the talent and there's bad coaching. Offense, like I said, I don't think we have the weapons that we necessarily need. I don't think it was like this year was the year like we could fix it. Obviously, Devontae Adams wanting to leave us when we were trying to get him to stay. There's nothing you can really do about that. And I think what they did with Devontae Adams, they had to do and whatever they they got uh, paid for it. So that's fine. I mean, but, so that turns into just, Quay Walker and Christian Watson. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'm I'm not I saying mean, that that's that's awful, but we should have had some, you know, let's get ready for a future with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so like the personnel department's failing. Offensively, we we are not coming up. We're getting yards and we're not scoring touchdowns. So like our play calling yeah. when we get past the fifty into the red zone is dog shit. We need to fix that. It does look like, I will say, there's some progress happening in that department, like where we're starting to be able to like finish finish some drives a little bit more, starting to be a little bit more clever. I'm trying to, man, I love the, the fake it to Dylan and then pitch it out to Jones play. And the, there just needs to be more innovation. But yeah, the Packers, I, I'm still down on it. I even had a night to sleep on it. But we're failing. Like, we're not a good franchise right now. If you have Brett Favre and you have Aaron Rodgers, and sorry, I'm going to get a little holistic here, and you get two Super Bowls after having back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, play for damn near 30 years and you have two Super Bowls, you're not that good. Like you're failing somewhere. So yeah, I I, I turned into a bit of a down. Like I, I'm glad yeah. as the Packers we compete you're, year in and year out. Yeah. But but man, if you if you think of like the grand scale of things like we've we've kind of failed. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Right. So you're, you're yeah. Uh, for the people who are listening, Pat, seeing my face because I I'm kind of right on the fence on this one. Right. 
I believe that being a team that gets to the second round of the playoffs or the NFC championship game on a relatively consistent basis is awesome. I don't ever want to be the team. So honestly, I'm going to be kind of pissed if we don't go somewhere around 500. Yeah. I think there's, I I think there's three very, very winnable games on this schedule and seven and 10. I can like, I hate it. Like, I don't want to be there. I find that to be like kind of disgusting to to be that low, right? But if we had a one or two win season, I would be way more miserable, right? See, I. I can't yeah. imagine the Packers winning one or two games. And I know in the 80s, like, they were a team that was bad, bad. Like, they couldn't figure out how to win, right? In the 80s, before we have Brett Favre, like, things are bad. And I get that. Like, I didn't live through that. Um, yeah. No, we are spoiled. I will say I'm that. I'm super spoiled but... in almost all my sports, honestly. But I do what? think that currently – this roster or this coaching or this coaching staff. So I don't think it's one or the other um, could be, and are failing. Like they're just, they play to their competition. They say, Oh, you know, if we just do this, we'll be fine. And when they want to go up, they can play really, really well. Like they do against the Dallas. And then they can play like they did against Detroit, which was completely, underwhelming this team and maybe the motivational factor of like the coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the head coach, they can't get their guys to play at a high level unless they're playing in a high level game. Now, I don't think we played terrible against Tennessee, but this is a game that you have to be just a little bit better and your discipline needs to be way fucking better. Right. So when when something bad happens, you don't just fucking crumble. Right. When Lazard gets pass interfered with in the end zone and it doesn't get called, you don't fucking crumble and then not get anything out of it. Um, I do think and I'm going to become a Aaron Rodgers apologist here for just one more moment. I do think that his thumb is fucked. And he probably shouldn't have been playing for the last since London. Yeah, no. They should have let him take that time off and gave Jordan Love the reps. Yeah, and I think bad games are relative, but Aaron Rodgers had a bad game. I think Lazard had a pretty damn bad game. Um, And... Yeah, I, I don't know. I I didn't think we played very well, but I do think those three calls change it. And maybe I'm just being too pessimistic. But like you were saying before, though, is like we couldn't get off the field on third down, which is huge. Not at all. Like, yeah, in like nothing, nothing of like the big categories. They just owned the ball. 
I so time of possession was 32, so 32 minutes and 30 seconds to 27 minutes and 30 seconds. And I have no clue how that was the case. Like, I don't think the numbers in this game tell the story at all. I do think, you know, one or two plays goes our way. I think it could be a different game, but I felt like the Titans came in and stole our lunch money. Like I didn't have too much faith from whistle to whistle. I I take that back. Like when we went into halftime and it was like six to 14, I was like, this still isn't that bad. Um, And then I guess I still did. I hold out faith for like way longer. But I think when it was 27 to 17, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. So, um, like I said, a few calls go our way. I think some a few things just adjust and change in the game. And I don't think, like you can say, if this one call like happens, the game ends up like this because – Situation as situations change, people react differently to those situations, right? And so, if it's twenty-one to seventeen or something like that, and the Packers are pushing on the Titans, the Titans might decide to have another ten-minute drive, yeah. and then we can't, we you can't do anything about that anyway, right? I shouldn't say yeah. that our defense could probably do something. Now, I do think that we have. We again moved away from our running game. Definitely. Um, uh, so we have a total of 18 carries in the game. That's not good enough. You have to get up towards 25 carries. Now, and I think Aaron Jones should have 20 of those carries every game. Now, if you want to give Dylan five, great. That's fine. Aaron Jones touched the balls 18 times. It needs to be more than that. If he's the he's the running back one on your team, it needs to be more than that. Uh, AJ Dillon looked like AJ Dillon from the first ten weeks, or from the first nine weeks, not from week ten. He didn't look like the guy that was like pushing through piles. One time I saw him really like push a pile, and I think that pile got pushed mostly because four offensive linemen were pushing on his back. I don't know that it was him. I think it was the lineman that they got behind him and they just moved him. Sometimes he just feels like the guy that the first hit, he goes down. In the yeah. way he's built, that shouldn't be the case. The way yeah. he's built, that should just not be what's going on. You need to give Aaron Jones 20 carries a game. If he gets the, the ball in passing situations, great. You give him five or six more opportunities with the ball in his hands, I'm cool with that. You need to give him the ball probably 25 times a game. That's between passes and runs. Now, if you want to do 14 passes and six runs to Aaron Jones, go for it. I don't care. It needs to be 20 to 25 times a game. He needs to touch the ball a shitload. You're fucking that up. He's the best player on this team that isn't Aaron Rodgers pretty easily. Well, just look at what the just look at what the Titans did with Henry. So 28 yards 
or 28 carries, 87 yards. Like they just never gave up on him. And I think even with that, like it just wore down the defense. We were still susceptible to play action. Like, whereas when you got Jones with 12 carries and Dylan with six carries, like the play action's not going to be in our favor unless like we get a third and one or something crazy like that. But I don't know. I think we've spent quite a bit of time on this. Do you got anything to wrap it up? Yeah. uh, Closing thoughts are the Packers defense can't get off the ball on the third down and the Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers is slightly broken because he can't complete the easy passes that he once did. Right. So he misses passes with his, and I think that's a piece of his thumb, right? I don't think that's because his arm is bad or because he doesn't know how to make good decisions anymore. I think he screws up plays because of his thumb. Yeah, no, I think he's more hurt, but I guess it's still not, I mean, not like too great of an excuse. I mean, it is a good excuse. Like, obviously, he's not going to play as well, like, with his thumb hurt. I think we have a better chance winning with him with his thumb hurt, but it is what it is. The Packers are just not really a good team right now. And I think that's fair to say. It hurts me in my soul, but I think you're correct. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Badgers. I'll try to do this one pretty quick. So Badgers are heading to Lincoln to take on the Corn Huskers. Nebraska is absolutely dog poop this year. And if Wisconsin doesn't win this game, I think we might have a right to say, hey, maybe we should look for a new coach outside of Jim Leonard. Depends on how we lose the game. I don't want to make this into a spicy meatball, but we should beat uh, this Cornhusker team. So, like I said, Badgers are heading to Nebraska. They're 10-point favorites in Nebraska, and we got an over-under of 40.5. Just looking across the numbers across the board, the only thing that Nebraska does better than us in a yards – yards per game fashion is they throw the ball a little bit more effectively than us. And I don't even know if I would say it's more effective. They throw the ball a little bit more than us is how I will put it. So I won't even say their passing game is more effective than us, but then the Badgers have the advantage in the rushing game, pass defense, rush defense, total defense, uh, points per game, points against per game, just, outclass them from head to toe. Uh, Nebraska is three and seven. One of their wins, granted, it came against one of the best teams in Division One AA because I forget what to call it. I'm just going to call it One AA for the rest of my life. Uh, FCS, was against, I believe. Yeah, FCS. So they they beat North Dakota, and then other than that, they beat Rutgers and I want to say Indiana. Um, Double checking this one, and I don't even know why I'm double checking this one. Yes, we will say it's Indiana because, yep, Indiana. And I guess to keep it short and sweet, uh, Wisconsin's keys to victory here is just don't beat yourself, win the turnover battle, or keep it damn close. Like, don't, 
I, I think the only way Nebraska beats us this, in this one is if they win the turnover battle by a margin of two or better. Um, so if we have two interceptions and they, or I mean, if they have two interceptions and we have none, whatever, I'm jumbling it up. Uh, <clears throat> and along with that, no short fields. Just don't give this team short field. Um, our defense is going to handle them. It's nothing we haven't seen before. Uh, you know, if we would have done this against Iowa, I think we would have been just fine and we would have been able to beat Iowa. But we can't give them short fields. We can't get punts blocked. We can't have that shit. <clears throat> Own the ball. Let's run it with Braylon Allen. This is a team, though, I think we can get cute with, but don't get too cute with it. Uh, maybe try some of your new stuff out. Like we've been trying to sling the ball around, uh, playing with <clears throat> uh, Lewis Bell, DK. I don't think it's like, hey, we need to win this game so bad that don't try to be innovative. I do think this is a team we can go test some stuff out on. And I mean, yeah, biggest point is just don't beat yourself. Um, the quarterback, Casey Thompson, it's nothing too special. Uh, Grant on the ground, he's a pretty good running back, but nothing to write home about. And I want to say their best offensive weapon is Trey Palmer, uh, their receiver junior. Um, let me look at what he has for yards. So this year he has 58 catches, 831 yards, and five touchdowns. So they do have a pretty good receiver. Um, and like any Big Ten West school, they're going to have decent linebackers. And But whatever. Yeah, Wisconsin just should outclass Nebraska. Long story short. You got anything, Mike? Uh, no, I don't have too much. I think our defense should come in and dominate what uh, Nebraska is. And I think that our, our run game should show why we're a good team, right? So I don't know that Graham Mertz can make big plays and um, we can put the ball in his hands and expect the, him to carry the load. But I do expect that out of our run game. And I, it sounds like Malusi should be back. Uh, Garendo is going to dominate. And I think that Braylon Allen dominates as well. So I think with that three headed tandem, we're, we'll, we're going to smoke them. All right. And that is your Badgers breakdown brought to you by Badger crossing and wherever Badger crossing is. We've, that's, I in, that. that's, that's in Cashton and, uh, the Big McNick is a one-pound burger. It's okay. Yeah, go get it. Go throw it down your gullet and move on. All right, so what we are going to do is we are going to bring you the Week 11 picks brought to you by Miller Lite. Grab yourself a cold Miller Lite and listen to our picks probably – I don't even know what to tell you. I tried to fade myself last week and it doesn't work. So just, yeah, just absolutely fade. Yeah, fade whatever I end up going with. So that that's your advice for the week. Um, and here 
we go. So Titans at the Packers. Packers were minus three. Mike's giving himself a loss for picking the Packers. I'm not even going to give myself a loss because we didn't pick. So I'm just going to say I did not pick, but I definitely would have lost if we did pick. So I'm not giving you the loss there either, Mike. No, I think I'm going to take the loss because I know what I am. I was going to take the Packers. I was going to take the points. I thought I would have probably, I'm not going to give myself a double dog. However, I should have given myself a double dog there. And so that should be minus 200 for me, but I'm only going to take minus 100. Packers were favorites, Mike, though. So you can't. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. You're you good tried. call. Good call. But I would have taken him as a double dog. I, I fully expect them to win. Nope. I'm not even giving you that loss. So Mike's trying to give himself a loss. He's trying to be valiant and be cool. But, but that's what I, I would giving- do. I would, we both know that we were going to take the Packers in that game. Yes. We and both we, know that that's And what's we didn't happen. do it. So we're, we're getting <laughs> zero money out of a technicality. Next game we have is the Bears at the Falcons. The Falcons are minus 30. Who do you got, Mike? Uh, so I have the Falcons. Um, I don't think the Bears are good. I think eventually people are going to catch on on how to stop Justin Fields as a running quarterback. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. No, I think the Falcons, I think this line is – I, I maybe I shouldn't talk about the line too much, but – I was expecting to see like the bears almost uh, minus or not the bears, but the Falcons like minus one and a half two. Um, but I think it's because people are getting a little high on Justin Fields and the I national media loves the bears currently. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to fade what I think the national media would be doing. Uh, next game we have is Browns at bills. And I think it's the bills get right game. Uh, they're going to get back on track. And I think they're just going to smoke the Browns. So uh, I'm taking the Bills as well here. And I think that they need to figure out how to get right. And so they have to win this game big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there. Next game we have is Eagles minus seven at the Colts. And who do you got, Mike? So, uh, I'm going to be honest here. I have the Colts written down, but I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, I think they're the better team. And I yeah. I don't know. Like, I just had a gut feeling as I was going to pick this that, like, I sh- really should be on the Eagles and not on the Colts. So I'm going to switch it up on myself. And I'm just going to ride uh, Jeff Saturday and the, the high train, uh, healthy Jordan Taylor, and I'm just going to say I think the the Colts are going to keep this game within seven because I think the Colts are a decent team when they have a healthy Jonathan Taylor. I always call him Jordan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor and uh, and then a competent Matt Ryan comes along when he has a good running game. So, yeah, I just, so I just think they can keep it close. I would agree with that. I think that – I like the idea of Jeff Saturday being a plus coach, even if he's never coached in the league. Um, I do believe I shit on him saying that they could have hired me or him and had the same coaching experience. However, um, I do think he understands football because he played a lot of football. Right. So, Oh yeah. And I mean, he was one of the 
better analysis guys, I would say. So it's not like he's ever stepped that far away from football. It's not like they went and got Brett Favre in Mississippi. That's just been out of the game for a long time, but I, I think, I think it's more of the hoorah rah factor is like, Hey, these guys don't think we can do it. Let's do it. And I think they lose to the Eagles, but I think, I think they go down swinging. My guess is that, um, Saturday is also a process guy, right? So I don't think you could work with Peyton Manning and not be like the guy that like just has everything like in order. Like we do this this way for a reason, like, and because like, and if you put that stuff into like talented places, I think that that can work really, really well. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to go all too far out of them. Like, I, I agree with like the fact, like if you got a guy like Peyton Manning, that's like staying there night and day and you're his best friend, you were probably there night and day with him, like figuring out what he's looking at. And it's not like it was easy to be Peyton Manning center because he's changing the play and you got to be aware of what the play is changing to your block, whatever. I'll get off Jeff yep. Saturday's dick a little bit, but I, I think no, I like the idea of Jeff Saturday. I think I poo-pooed it early, and I'd just like to say I'm on board. Even if he goes one and seven, I like the fact that they put a former player right into a coaching position without a ton of experience. I enjoy it. All, right. All right. Next game we have is the Jets at the Patriots. And Mike, I'm gonna let you lead off. So this is my double dog. I'm taking the Jets. Um I think they're a really good team, and I think the Patriots are a, like a middle-of-the-road team. Uh, not that they're terrible, and I think the Jets figure out a way on the road in Foxborough to deal the Patriots a loss. I, I like where you're going with this. I know the last time we had a Patriots at the Jets matchup, we had the big brother versus little brother discussion. Yep. And the big brother just whooped the living shit out of the Jets. So I don't think the Jets are going to let that happen again. I'm not going to give them a double dog, but I am going to go with the Jets. And I, I like your double dog. I, I can see the Jets winning this one, but I'm I'm not quite as confident as that one with you. So next game we have is the Rams at the Saints, and I'm going to go with the Saints. And that's because if you've listened once, you've heard it before, I think the Rams are dog shit. Yeah, uh, taking the Saints as well. And because I'm uh, hopping on the bandwagon with Pat, and I also think the Rams are not good and they're unmotivated. All right, next game we have is Lions at the Giants. The Giants are minus three. Who you got, Mike? So I'm going to take the Giants. I'm rolling with my NFC uh, East champions from the first episode of the season when we picked our – division winners and i think they're a good team i think that a lot of team a lot of people underestimate what they are as a team but i think overall the giants are winning the games they're supposed to win and sneaking out some of the games that they weren't supposed to win yeah i am going to zag on you here and i think it was more because the line spoke to me um I'm getting a goal with the Lions, and I'm going to give them a double dog here. And I think, I think we're going to see 
some of the reason why the NFL is so unpredictable uh, in this game. I don't know. I just got a feeling. It's a gut feeling. I don't got a good reason to go behind. All right. Next game we have is Panthers at the Ravens. The Ravens are minus 13. And I'm going to go with the Ravens just because the Ravens are really good. Panthers have been doing some good things. I won't lie. But uh, this line talks to me as well. Is I think uh, when you run into these huge lines, you expect the team that has the big line to cover that big line. Yeah, that's right? what I'm doing. Because, because looking at that number, it's so hard to say, like, oh, yeah, this is an NFL game. Like, Ravens should be able to cover this easy. So they're trying to get points on the Panthers. Now, that being said, I'm going to zig on myself, zag, and I'm going to go with the Panthers instead. So uh, changed it up on myself again because gut feeling on the same side, like that the Panthers, like they're playing like annoying football where they just stick with teams a little bit. And so I'm going to gonna roll with it. Could yeah. easily be wrong there, though. No, I want to say the Panthers have been like, since firing their coach, they they they've been somewhat decent. I mean, they beat the Bucks, they beat the Falcons. Uh, since then, yeah. Um, but that that's why I think I think people are going to be high on them. Whatever, but we will keep her moving. Commanders at. Texans, Commanders are minus three. Who you got, Mike? Uh, I'm taking the Commies. I like their defense, and I think the Texans are bad. Commanders as well, same exact reason. Next game, we have the Raiders at the Broncos. Broncos are minus two and a half. I think this is the who do you think's less broken game, and I'm going to go with I think the Broncos are less broken than the Raiders. Who do you think's less broken, Mike? I think the Raiders are less broken, but I do think both teams are broken. Yeah. All right. Next game we have is Cowboys minus one and a half at the Vikings. And I think you're going to see a little Wisconsin bias come into this game. What do you got, Mike? So I'm taking the Vikings because I hope the Vikings lose. You're taking the Vikings? Oh, no, no. The Cowboys because I hope the Cowboys lose. I'm sorry. You just said it wrong again. You're getting tired or drunk. I'm one take, of the two. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little of both, I think. <laughs> so I'm taking the Cowboys because I hope the Vikings lose. There, you nailed it. You got it. You got it. All right. I'm taking the Cowboys too. And I think this is the trap of the week. I think people are going to be hopping on the Vikings. Um, I do think there's two teams that get lines in their favor just because they have big betting populations. I think the Dallas Cowboys are one of those teams, and the Packers are another one of those teams. I I think Steelers might be on that on that boat too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next game we have is the Bengals minus four at the Steelers. And who you got, Mike? Uh, so I'm taking the Steelers. I think the Steelers with TJ Water are different things. I'm going to take the Steelers as well. Steelers at home, giving up points. And I think there's a little big brother, little brother thing in this game. And, and so the, you know, the other thing about this is, is without Jamar Chase, the Bengals are a different thing too, in a bad oh, yeah. way. Where yeah, the that's... Steelers are a different thing in a good way right now. Yeah, 
yeah, I guess you add your best player and you lose your best player on one side. Yeah. Yep. One side or the other. All right. Next game, Chiefs minus five at the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the class of the AFC, if not the NFL, and going to ride that. And I, I just don't think the Chargers are what we thought they were going to be. Lots of injuries as well. Maybe guys are coming back, but Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. I'm going with Chiefs. I hate Brandon Staley, <laughs> so um, we are going to take the Chiefs because Chargers stink and the Chiefs are okay. All right, Packers Next. are the class of the NFL. Monday night football, 49ers at the Cardinals. This might be a game that's in Mexico, but I could be wrong yep. about that. I believe you're correct. Monday night in Mexico. <clears throat> okay. Who who do you got? So I'm going to take the Niners. I think that they are a really, really good team. And I just feel like the Cardinals are going to shit the bet on something again. Yeah. No, and you could be right. Cardinals have been a team that, I think I've said I should get off that I just can't get off. And I just think Kyler Murray is a quarterback that just can make magic happen. I think I have too much faith in Kyler Murray and I need, I need to quit it, but I'm going to take the Cardinals plus eight in this one. And the comeback is on after this week. Um, That's all we got for the show today other than if we want to do a bing bong count right now mike is at negative 610 i am at negative 3180 mike's run away with this one so looks like i'm going to be running the 10k chugging a beer out of my shoe wearing a shirt that i don't want to wear and you can only really catch on like what like 400 bing bongs this week yeah, like we no, got like four teams different. Yeah, and the last time I tried to just fade you didn't go well for me. I, yeah, and so I, I want to just say thank you guys for listening. We got a little bit long-winded here when it came to um, the Packers and I think some of our spicy meatballs <laughs> today, but that's what you guys are here for, so we really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you guys so much. Yes, and I will take Mike's job today. So if if you like us a little bit, tell a friend, download this shit on your phone. There's three different ways you can download it that I know of. There's definitely more ways than that. Spotify, if you have Spotify, download it on there. Apple Podcasts, download it on there. This thing called Podcast. Subscribe to that, download it on there. Just makes us feel better. Um but I do think we, we got a plan in place. It's going to be coming out hot. If you don't have faith in us or the Packers or the Badgers or the Brewers or the Bucks or Team can, USA or Team USA or Team Brazil, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. Them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shows. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shows. Beat them. All 
them suckers that doubted the past king. Eat my shows. Eat my shows.